Flock Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to the Speak Like a Raven podcast. On the field, they play like a raven, and here we speak like a raven. I'm Jay, bringing you all Baltimore Ravens-related news and content. Today, we're going to be discussing Ravens' off-season to-do list, including key re-signings and new free agency additions, draft options, and potential trade targets. So let's jump right into it. With the NFL season officially done, which saw the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl, the long offseason begins for the Ravens in a year where they have to make some major decisions while trying to build a roster that can compete for it all in the 2022-23 season. Now, the first major question to answer for the Ravens is, who's staying and who's going? Currently, Ravens are projected to have a little less than $9 million in cap space. Now, obviously, that isn't much to work with going into such a crucial offseason, so we can expect that the Ravens will make some moves in order to free up cap space. Among players that could be cap casualties, you have Tavon Young, cornerback. Now, cutting him would save a little bit under $6 million. Uh, according to Jeff Zarebic, Tavon played in less than half of the defensive snaps in 9 out of 17 games this past season. Now, this could be a scenario in which the Ravens cut him for cap reasons and try to bring him back on a more team-friendly deal. I think the likelihood for Tavon to be cut is high. I, I, if I had to guess, he would be cut by the Ravens, and they would try to, to work out a deal for him to come back. A guy who I for sure think is going to get cut is uh, Ravens tackle Alejandro Villanueva. And he never seemed like a great option to begin with. Ravens brought him in last year in hopes of replacing Orlando Brown and hoping that he can make the transition from playing left tackle all those years in Pittsburgh to playing right tackle for Baltimore this past season. Uh, he also had to fill in at left tackle again for Ronnie Stanley after he suffered an injury and he was pretty underwhelming at left tackle. At this point in his career, he's he's really no longer a starting caliber a starting caliber offensive lineman, and I think this is probably the easiest decision for the Ravens to make. They need to free up cap space somewhere. Alejandro Villanueva is the clear the clear candidate to be cut, and I think that is going to happen. Another guy who could get cut is Miles Boykin, wide receiver. Uh, cutting him would save two point fifty four million, and he's been a major disappointment since being the third round pick. In 2019, he has all the physical tools needed to be a good wide receiver, but he just hasn't put everything together. He's fallen behind guys like Devin DuVernay and James Prochet on the depth chart, and he's coming off of an injury-riddled season. So I think this is a situation where it seems best for the Ravens and for Miles Boykin to start off fresh and end the relationship. I think he's going to get cut. Uh, another guy who I don't expect to get cut is Nick Boyle, tight end. Uh, cutting him would save $5 million, but uh, like I said, I don't think he's going to get moved, but because of injuries, he could be another name the Ravens look to to free up cap space. He tore his MCL, PCL, and meniscus in the game during the 2020 season versus the New England Patriots. Now, he came back this past season during Week 11's matchup versus the Bears, but he never quite looked right. In Greg Roman's run-centric offensive system, however, Nick Boyle is an important piece to have for his blocking capabilities. So if you were asking me, I would say to cut him just because it's really not many options to free up cap space. But at the same time, I think the Ravens more than likely the Ravens. I know for a fact that the Ravens value Nick Boyle. and I think that he's going to stay on the roster. Uh, Derek Wolf is another guy who the Ravens could potentially look at to cut. Cutting him would save $2 million. He got hurt in training camp 
during a joint practice with the Panthers this past season. He suffered a hip-slash-back injury that kept him out for the full 2021-22 season. With Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell potentially leaving the Ravens this offseason, it's likely that the Ravens hold on to Wolf. Uh, he doesn't really have a long history of missing games due to injury. Since entering the league in 2012, he's played in 11 or more games in all but one season, which was last year. So I think that he's probably going to be a guy that the Ravens end up keeping. Okay, so now we get into Ravens' key free agents this offseason and which players Ravens should keep and who should go. To start off this list, we have uh, Ravens defensive end Calais Campbell. Even at the age of 35, Calais has still proven to be a valuable player and veteran that can anchor your defensive line. He played in over 50% of the Ravens' defensive snaps this year, and his market value is projected to be within the 5 to $8 million range. Uh, Ravens bringing Calais back really just depends on how much he wants. I'm sure Ravens are interested in having a guy like him back, but like general manager Eric DaCosta likes to say, right player, right price. He's not going to overspend for a guy who's towards the end of his career when the team has so many more needs. The most I would go for Calais is probably $5 million for a year. But I think he's probably going to be able to get a little bit more on the open market. And I'm expecting that he'll sign somewhere else and, and get a little bit more money. Brandon Williams is another guy who could be on his way out. Uh, Ravens nose tackle. He's another player getting up there in age. Injuries have also held him back to some degree, although he continues to be a reliable run stopper. I think it's more likely that uh, Brandon Williams' tenure with the Baltimore Ravens comes to an end this offseason. It just seems like one of those situations where it's the right time to move on for both sides. Anthony Averett, the Ravens' cornerback. Uh, over the last two seasons, Averett started to get more of an expanded role due to injuries along the secondary. He's a guy who's shown himself to be very serviceable and reliable option at corner. He struggled at times not only because of the Ravens' defensive scheme, but also having to go up against elite wide receivers because of the injuries to Marlon Humphreys and to Marcus Peters. Uh, personally, I would like to have Anthony Averitt back, but the reality is that you just can't keep everybody. There's a chance that he's going to get more on the open market than the Ravens will be willing to pay for him. So um, if I had to guess, I would say Anthony Averitt walks. Uh, Bradley Bozeman's another guy. He's our center. Uh, he seems likely to uh, walk in free agency. Bozeman's projected to have a market value of around 10 to $12 million annually, which may be a little too high for the Ravens' liking. As much as I like Bradley Bozeman just as a person, on the field I think Ravens are of the mindset that they can find someone of the same production or better at a lesser price tag. And to be honest with you, I tend to agree. Uh, I think uh, Bozeman is, is probably going to walk. Another guy that um, that is a free agent this offseason is Pat Ricard, the Ravens fullback. I got a feeling that they'll try to retain Pat Ricard this offseason, but personally, I would let him walk as well. And don't get me wrong, I think Pat is a great player, and he's a, he's a pro bowler for a reason. But fullback is just not a position you pay significant money to. Ravens already brought back Ben Mason, their fifth-round pick from a year ago. So they should focus on developing him and giving him the chance to replace Ricard. And if not, I think the Ravens should just get rid of using a fullback as fullback in general. I mean, it's just really not one of the important pieces on a team anymore. It's not like fullback is not as important as what it was years ago. 
that's 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 the that's the nice way of saying it. But obviously, uh, that's wishful thinking on my part, considering Greg Roman's our offensive coordinator. Another guy um, to think about in free agency is Jimmy Smith, our cornerback. Uh, Jimmy Smith's been one of my favorite Ravens for a long time. He's our longest tenured Raven, and he could be a guy that's important for depth purposes if Ravens were to lose guys like Tavon Young and Anthony Averett. But at the same time, the best ability is availability. And Jimmy's had a hard time staying on the field to be an asset for the team. He signed a one-year, $3.15 million deal with the Ravens last offseason. Now, if I'm the Ravens, I would probably let Jimmy go. But at the same time, if you're able to re-sign him for less than what he got last offseason, I don't necessarily think it would be a bad move to bring him back just for depth at cornerback behind Marlon and Marcus Peters because we really don't know what that's going to look like if Tavon Young was to get cut or if Anthony Avery was to walk in free agency. So just for depth purposes, I wouldn't be opposed to, to keeping Jimmy Smith. But at the same time, I couldn't blame the Ravens if they just decided that they wanted to move on. Jimmy Smith already said that if he's not playing for the Ravens, he's going to retire. Uh, another guy to look at is Justin Houston, Houston Ravens outside linebacker. Uh, he was a great veteran presence this past season, took a lot of our young guys under his wing, like Odafe Owe, Patrick Queen, and Dalen Hayes. He finished third behind Owe and Tyus Bowser in sacks with 4.5 uh, while playing on a team-friendly deal worth just $2 million. If you can bring him back on a deal that's cheap like that, I don't see... I don't really see a negative about it, but at the same time, I think it depends on if the Ravens want to go completely young at pass rushes and just let their young guys play, unless or do they want to keep some veteran presence within the locker room. That's that's really the question that the Ravens are going to have to ask when it comes to a guy like Justin Houston. And also to this next guy, LJ Fort, our inside linebacker. He filled in nicely during the 2020-21 season. He tore his Achilles during the Ravens preseason game versus the Saints this past year, and he's also a guy that's starting to get up there in age. Now, like Justin Houston, it probably won't take much to bring him back, but uh, what do the Ravens want out of their young linebacker core? Do they want do they want to go completely young and just, just let them run loose, or do they want some veteran presence in the locker room? Uh, the next guy is Devontae Freeman, Ravens running back from this past season. Uh, he was very productive for the Ravens due to key injuries. He signed right before the start of the season because of injuries to J.K. Dobbins and to Gus Edwards. He totaled 576 rush yards, 190 receiving yards, and six total touchdowns. Freeman also seemed to fit in well with the locker room quickly developing a bond with Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, and also Hollywood uh, Brown, Ravens wide receiver. Um I'm, I'd love to have him back too, but I mean, you got to keep in mind when healthy Freeman at best is the Ravens' third string runner back. So, with 10 picks in the draft coming up this year, could they potentially target a younger runner back to fill out the depth chart or just bring up a guy from their practice squad like uh, Nate McCrary? Uh, that's going to be interesting because Ravens. I don't think you want to be in a situation where you're paying your third string runner back millions of dollars. So, that's really. Um, going to be the interesting thing to keep in mind with with Devontae Freeman. Another guy who I think is gone is Sammy Watkins, Ravens wide receiver. I don't really see any, re any reason that the Ravens would bring him back, and um, 
frankly, I really don't want them to bring him back either. He was a good locker room presence, no doubt, and he fed, he fit in nicely with uh, all his teammates. And to his credit, he did come up big in some of the most pivotal moments of the season, like the 4th and 19 against Detroit and the late touchdown drive versus Pittsburgh. But overall, he just didn't have much of an impact that the Ravens were hoping for him to have when they signed him last offseason. He also had injuries that kept him out for a significant chunk of the year. So I think this is another situation where it's right for both sides to just end the relationship and go their separate separate ways. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, I don't really know what to make of Deshaun Elliott. When on the field, he's been productive. But the only problem is he just can't stay healthy either. He's landed on injured reserve three out of four seasons with Baltimore. Uh, He was lost this season to a torn biceps injury. He likely won't command a hefty price tag because of it. But the Ravens do have some depth behind them with Brandon Stevens, Geno Stone, and Ardarius Washington. And the question to keep in mind is do they feel confident in those guys to take the next step forward and to be able to replace Deshaun Elliott if they were to let him walk. Uh, I would hope that Deshaun is back, but you just never know. Some guys who I thought were honorable mentions to be talked about, Chris Board, I think the Ravens are going to bring him back on a team-friendly deal. Justin Ellis is another guy, Jelly Roll, as they call him. Um, You know, he's one of those guys where – I can understand they bring him back. I can understand they let him walk. It's really, I don't think it's going to be of huge significance either way. Uh, Latavius Murray, I think, is going to walk. And then Pernell McPhee, just like just like Ellis, he's another guy, Pernell McPhee, that if they keep him, if they don't keep him, I don't think it's really going to be too significant. So now that we've identified what guys should stay and go, it's time to talk about who the Ravens should possibly bring in with the cash base that will be available. Uh, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Ravens are expected to have a little under $9 million in cap space. Considering that they cut a few players, restructure some deals, and even possibly extend one Lamar Jackson, Ravens can open up significant cap space to go and bring in more talent on this team. I'm not an expert on the cap and how signing this or that player would affect it, so I'm going to just simply give you guys some names that I tend to believe Ravens should or will look into this offseason. So first got to identify what are the team needs. Now, I created a list of team needs in order of what I think is most important. I think your first thing, your first team need is offensive line, followed by defensive line, and number number three may be a surprise to some, but we're going to talk about it later. It's wide receiver. And then I have cornerback, edge, linebacker, and safety followed up behind that. So let's get into the free agency offensive linemen. So some guys who could possibly depart, like we talked about earlier, are Bradley Bozeman and Alejandro Villanueva. And those two positions would open up a hole at center and possibly at right tackle. And Ravens could even look into upgrading at left guard if they don't feel like Ben Cleveland is ready to take on that role full time. Some guys who I think are probably going to be too expensive on the open market is Washington's Brandon Scherf, right guard. He played on an $18 million franchise tag last season. Uh, another guy is New Orleans' Teron Armstead, who's a left tackle, and he's going to command north of $20 million. I don't see the Ravens breaking the bank on a guy like him. Also, uh, Jacksonville's Cam Robinson, who's set to make around 16 to $18 million. 
So some possible free agency fits. I think one guy to look into is Tampa Bay's Ryan Jensen center. Now, um, some of you guys may be familiar with him. He was the Ravens' former uh, center before um, – they decided to let him walk in free agency. Uh, right now, he's currently the best center available on the free agency market. He plays with a mean streak. He's been durable. He played in over 1,200 snaps in 2021. And he's expected to command a market of around 9 to $10 million on annual salary. Another guy to look into is San Francisco's Lakin Tomlinson, who played right guard. He graded favorably by PFF, having his best pass blocking season of his career and being a consistent run blocker. He's projected to receive a three-year deal worth around $9 million a year. Um, another guy that the Ravens could look into is Dallas Connor Williams. He's a left guard. Uh, he got a 76.1 PFF grade last season. He measured well in the running game and passing game, but the biggest concern for him has been the penalties. Uh, he placed top three in penalties for an offensive lineman last season with 12, and he's projected to get a three-year deal worth around 6 to $7 million a year. Uh, moving on on the list, we have New York Jets' Morgan Moses, who's the right tackle. He's a solid run blocker. He allowed 49 pressures at right tackle in 2021. It's not, it's not by any means great, but it's not bad either. He's 30 years old, and he's likely to command about 7 to $8 million on the open market. Um, another guy on this list is New England's Trenton Brown, who's the right tackle. Uh, 49ers discovered this kid in the seventh round, uh, and a calf injury limited him to nine games in 2021. He's a suitable pass blocker. He allowed only one sack over 489 offensive snaps, and he's just 28 years old, and he's likely to get a deal hovering around $10 million a year. Now, uh, those are just a couple of free agency fits and possibilities that the Ravens could look into. I also have a few trade targets that the Ravens might want to explore as well. The first one is Philadelphia's Andre Dillard, who's the left left tackle. He's a former first-round pick in 2019. He's 26 years old. Uh, PFF gave him an overall grade of 69.6. He surrendered just one sack, one quarterback hit, and 20 pressures and 340 total snaps. And he's also on an affordable contract, according to SpotTrack. He'll only be making a little over $2 million in 2022. Uh, he could be an option to start at right tackle or even insurance in case Ronnie Stanley's play falls off or he isn't ready to start the season. Um, the likelihood is that uh, you could probably get him for a mid-round pick this upcoming with uh, this upcoming draft season. Uh, and Ravens, obviously, they have 10 picks in the draft, so if it's any team that could afford to make a move like this, it would be them. Another guy to look into as a trade target is Houston's Titus Howard, who's a left tackle. Um, he's been moved all over the line for Houston uh, since uh, becoming part of the team. Uh, he's filled in for Laramie Tunsil at left guard for a four-game stretch this past season. And in those four games, he possessed the highest pass-blocking mark among tackles with 89.9 rating while allowing only two quarterback pressures. Uh, he's also another guy that you can possibly get for a mid-round pick. Uh, those are just two, two players that I think the Ravens would be smart to inquire about because uh, they definitely need to fill that void at right tackle and then even have insurance in case Ronnie Stanley isn't ready to go. 
So moving along, now we're going to talk about the free agent defensive linemen. Some guys who are likely to depart from the Ravens in 2022 are Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, and even Justin Ellis. So the first guy that I have on this list as the possible free agent fit is Chicago's Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle. Uh, Like Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell, Hicks is also another guy who's getting older. He battled a groin injury for most of the 2021 season. Uh, he got a 72.3 PFF grade, which and he's still a good pass rusher. Uh, he's expected to make about eight to nine million annually on his next contract. Another guy is Cincinnati's B.J. Hill, defensive tackle. Uh, Bengals had acquired him the previous offseason from the Giants. He's 26 years old. He's coming off a season in which he had 5.5 sacks, finishing with a PFF grade of 70 or better for the third consecutive year. And he's expected to command a similar market around eight to nine million annually. Um, this is just um, take a chance. Uh, this next guy is just a, someone who I like to see the Raiders possibly take a chance on. He's Las Vegas Raiders Solomon Thomas, defensive end. Um, he has starting experience. He obviously hasn't lived up to his potential when he was drafted third overall in 2017. And like I say, he's just a guy that that I think the Ravens could possibly just take a chance on. He won't cost much, and they can just see if if, if he can um, if he still has some of that potential. If he can show some of that potential that that we all believed he had when he got drafted third overall in 2017. So one guy on this list that I think could be a possible trade target. This is Washington's De'Aaron Payne. Defensive tackle, he was the 13th overall pick in 2018, and he's entering his final year on his rookie contract. He's been playing behind uh, Jonathan Allen, who just received a contract extension not too long ago. Uh, Payne is still young. He's 24 years old, and I kind of like the idea of pairing young defensive linemen like Payne and Justin Matabuke together to anchor out the defensive line. I think uh, it's really important for the Ravens this offseason to get younger at that position. Uh, he's a guy who can be had for a high mid-round pick, possibly a, a high third-round pick, which uh, the Ravens have two third-round picks in the upcoming draft. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if they if the Ravens will part any of their mid-round picks to, to get some proven guys this offseason. So moving right along, we're going to talk about the free agent wide receivers. Some key departures for the Ravens in 2022 are Sammy Watkins and likely Miles Boykin. Now, this um, this is sort of controversial. I have wide receiver as my number three area of need for this offseason. Now, the question uh, is raised, do the Ravens need to be targeting a wide receiver? It's an interesting question because... I agree with the majority of Ravens fans that wide receiver isn't as big of a need this offseason as in previous years, but I just feel like Ravens still haven't found a bona fide number one wide receiver. Hollywood Brown has flashed potential, but he has mostly been inconsistent and is due for a contract extension, which Ravens might not want to give him. Rashad Bateman has also shown flashes of potential. However, he is still relatively unproven. If Ravens have a chance to upgrade the wide receiver position even more, I'd say go for it. And the argument that I hear a lot from Ravens fans is that, well, we don't use our weapons enough. Bringing in more talent won't really matter. While most view the offensive scheme as a reason not to go get more talent, I kind of see it as an exact opposite. I see it as even more of a reason to bring in quality players. 
Ravens need more guys that can go off script and don't need to be coached up to make an impact on the field. Hence why Lamar Jackson is such a game changer and Mark Andrews gets targeted heavily. More guys that can take the game into their own hands and make plays necessary to lead a team. Although Hollywood is good and Bateman has potential, we've seen that in order to make deep playoff runs, you need to have your elite playmakers. Only elite playmaker Ravens have currently is Mark Andrews, and it's already been proven that him alone, while being double-teamed, is not enough to win in the playoffs. In order for the Ravens to add an elite wide receiver, it would have to be a change in philosophy for the front office. Stop worrying about the cap and how much money you'd have to pay. You get what you pay for. Ravens gave Sammy Watkins $6 million and he played like a $6 million wide receiver. Ravens want a Rolls Royce. The Ravens want a Rolls Royce while also having to spend Honda Accord type of money. And that's just not how it works. Give Lamar an elite weapon to pair with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman and even Hollywood. Make defenses have to account for another guy rather than just Andrews. I'm all for the Ravens making a bold move and bringing in an elite wide receiver. So with that being said, let's look at some of the guys on the market Ravens could look to add in the offseason. The first guy who's probably the best wide receiver available is uh, Chicago's Allen Robinson. He was placed on a franchise tag last season. He played in 12 games uh, this past season, catching 38 balls for 410 reception yards and one touchdown. Before uh, then, Robinson had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with Mitchell Trubisky as his main quarterback. He's shown that he can be a game-changer with average quarterback play, and he's projected to get a contract for about $48 million over three years. The next guy is Tampa Bay's Chris Godwin. He's coming off of a torn ACL. He's 24, 25 years old. Despite the injury, Godwin managed to produce a season in which he had 1,103 receiving yards with five touchdowns on just 98 receptions. He's been an 800-yard wide receiver in the last four seasons with 28 total touchdowns. He's projected to get $18 million a year on his next contract. Now, this next guy, this is just... This is just a pipe dream at this point. This is Green Bay's Devontae Adams. Uh, he's arguably the best wide receiver in football. There's not really much to say about him. He's probably going to make about $25 million a year. He's that good. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't see the Ravens making a bold move like that. It'd be great, but, yeah, he, he's going he's gonna to command a lot of money. Next guy is Los Angeles Chargers' Mike Williams. Big body wide receiver. I would consider him the best 50-50 ball wide receiver in the league. Ravens don't really have a wide receiver that matches his physicality at the point of attack. He's a good red zone target, and he's still pretty young, just 27 years old. He's projected to make around $16 million a year. Now we enter into the... Um, Enter into the the kind of bargain wide receivers that the Ravens could potentially get that would be an upgrade. So the first guy is Jacksonville's DJ Chark. He's a young wide receiver with potential. He's six foot four, can make contested catches and jump ball opportunities, and he thrives on jump ball opportunities. Coming off of a torn ACL, the price tag will be lowered because of it, but he's still projected to make between eleven to thirteen million annually. The next guy is Pittsburgh's Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Ravens offered him a contract worth up to $12 million with incentives last season, but he chose to stay in Pittsburgh for less money. Uh, he injured his shoulder during week five of the 2021 season, which kept him out 12 games. Um, maybe the Ravens still value uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he's expected to get a contract within the range of 10 to $12 million annually. I think pro- I think the door's probably been closed on, on Juju Smith-Schuster coming to Baltimore, but you never know. Uh, next guy is Los Angeles Rams' Odell Beckham. After being released from Cleveland and signing with the Los Angeles Rams this past season, Odell's had Odell had a resurgence as one of the best wide receivers in all of football. In 12 games for Los Angeles, Odell recorded 48 catches for 593 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, however, he sustained um, another torn ACL injury during the second quarter of the Super Bowl. And uh, there are some concerns about his overall health uh, with uh, it being seven months removed from back-to-back ACL injuries on the same exact knee. If a team is confident in him uh, being fine moving forward, Odell should command a contract in the vicinity of 13 to 14 million a year. And I think his best bet is is uh, returning to the Los Angeles Rams. Another guy, this is a guy who could be a cap casualty. This is Cleveland's Jarvis Landry. Uh, He's coming off a year filled with injuries. He came into the year affected by injuries, came back too soon, and ended up missing even more time, sort of similar to uh, what we dealt with with Ronnie Stanley this past season. He's been relatively healthy his entire career. In 12 games with Cleveland this season, he had 570 receiving yards, two touchdowns on 52 receptions. He struggled with inconsistent play from his quarterback, Baker Mayfield. And I think for the Ravens, he could be a security blanket for Lamar Jackson when Andrews, Hollywood, and Bateman are not open. And I think he would make it easier to let Hollywood walk next offseason without any significant drop-off. So, and keep in mind, that's only if Jarvis Landry gets cut. I don't see... For one, the Ravens wanting to bring him bring him to Baltimore in a trade with the price tag he currently has, and then again, I don't I don't believe that Browns would be crazy enough to trade him within the division. So moving along, I got a couple of trade targets. The first one is Atlanta's Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's a first round pick in 2018 NFL Draft. A guy who the Ravens uh, honestly should have should have drafted. Uh, he stepped away from uh, football this past season due to personal problems, but in 2020 he had one of the best seasons of any wide receiver, recording over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns on just 90 receptions. If what he needs is just a change of scenery. I think Baltimore could be a good place for him to be. If Atlanta does trade him, it's expected that it, that they will receive a late first-round pick to an early second-round pick for Ridley. Another guy who could possibly be on his way out as a trade target or even a cap casualty is Dallas Amari Cooper. He had a rough. It was a rough season for Amari, but he still managed to get 865 receiving yards on eight touchdowns, on just 68 receptions. Some in Dallas feel as if he hasn't done enough to live up to the five-year, 100 million dollar extension he was given prior to the 2020 season. But at the same time, many can argue that he hasn't been used nearly enough as he should be. Dallas is in a situation right now where they would like to retain wideout Michael Gallup in the offseason. 
they'll, but they'll need to free up some cap space in order to re-sign him. Amari is still a very valuable and productive wide receiver on the field, and he would likely cost a high draft pick to attain, to attain unless he's unless, like I said, he's cut cut as a cap casualty. So sticking with the theme, now we're going to talk about uh, free agent cornerbacks that the Ravens might be interested in. Some guys who are likely to depart are Anthony Avery and Deshaun Elliott. Um, so for the guys that the Ravens might uh, see as possible fits in free agency, you have first New England's J.C. Jackson, Mr. Interception. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl this past season, finishing second in the league with eight interceptions. And no player has had more interceptions in the league since 2018. According to PFF, Jackson was third among cornerbacks in terms of QB rating allowed, giving up just a rating, having a rating of 52.4. And there also seems to be tension between him and New England. So uh, for the Ravens, if they're interested in bringing him along on the team, it is definitely going to cost them a good penny. So that's something to keep in mind when looking at him as an option. Another guy is Denver's Kyle Fuller. Uh, he's a Baltimore native. He's 30 years old. Uh, he had a down season for Denver and eventually fell out of the starting role. He could possibly sign a one-year deal to bounce back next season and then retest the market the following offseason. So it'll be interesting to see if the Ravens go after him. He's a guy that it said he's a guy that at the trade deadline there were rumors that the Ravens were possibly interested in bringing in. So we'll see if those rumors come to fruition. Another guy is Los Angeles Chargers Casey Hayward. Uh, after a down 2020 season, Hayward bounced back in 2021. He got a PFF grade, PFF pass coverage grade of 75. He's great in zone coverage. He's 32 years old, and he's projected to get a one-year deal worth around six to seven million. Moving on on the list, we have Los Angeles Rams Darius Williams. Uh, he's best in a zone coverage scheme, but he is physically limited, only five foot nine. He may end up getting more than what he's worth on the open market. He's projected to get a contract worth around $13 million per year. Uh, another guy is Kansas City's Charvarius Ward, uh, probably best in a man-to-man coverage scheme. What he is really good at is he's one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the league, which is an area that the Ravens struggled with as an entire defense last season. So that would definitely be a plus if the Ravens were to add him. Another guy is Denver's Bryce Callahan. He's a slot cornerback, and injuries have held him out for injuries held him out for a chunk of the season last year with a left knee injury. He could be an option if Ravens were to move on from their other young cornerbacks on the roster like Tavon and Averitt, and he's expected to get an average of about five million per year on his next deal. And the last option I have on this list is Minnesota's Patrick Peterson. Uh, he'd bring a veteran presence to a Ravens secondary. His play has fallen off in recent years. He's not the dominant shutdown corner he once was in Arizona. But with Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters, he's not going to have to be that dude anymore. Uh, he's likely to cost around 8 to $9 million on the open market. All right, so now we're going to shift to free agent pass rushers and linebackers. So some guys that I think could depart from the Ravens in 2022. 
you have Jalen Ferguson, who I think might get cut, and then also Justin Houston, who's a free agent. Uh, and keep in mind that uh, there are some high-caliber players on this list that I put together that the Ravens may go after, but I think uh, linebacker and edge are two positions that the Ravens could possibly buy low on and bring in guys who are young or who need a change of scenery and so on. So the first couple guys on this list are guys who I think may be a little too expensive for the Ravens' liking. First guy is uh, Los Angeles Rams' Vaughn Miller. He got traded to the Rams uh, at the deadline last year, and he really reminded everyone that he's still a dominant pass rusher. He had a PFF grade, which was 90.4, which is fourth among edge defenders. And he's likely going to command a contract in the range of 16 to $18 million a year. Another guy... Um, just like Vaughn Miller is Arizona's Chandler Jones. He had a 89.8 pass rush grade. He had 15 QB hits, and he's likely going to command a contract worth around 16 to $17 million a year. The next guy is Cleveland's Jadavion Clowney, who had a pretty good season alongside Vaughn Miller. Ravens were uh, actually interested in him last offseason before he ultimately signed in Cleveland. So, and he's worked his way back to getting a contract in the range of around $15 million per year. A couple honorable mentions who may get paid a good contract, Dallas uh, Randy Gregory, and then also Cleveland's Emmanuel Ogba, who are two guys that, that might uh, fall within that range of about 14 to $15 million a year. So these next couple of guys are, are some that are probably in the Ravens price range. First, I have Kansas City's Melvin Ingram, who is an outside linebacker. He's getting up there in age. He's older. Last season, he started out in Pittsburgh before uh, getting traded to Kansas City. And um, the biggest thing for him was that he proved that he could stay healthy this past season. And he was another guy when the Ravens signed Justin Houston that they were also interested in and were looking at. But um, obviously the, the health concerns that he had back in Los Angeles kind of limited what he was able to get on the open market last offseason. So he's worked his way back to getting a respectable contract in the range of about $8 million, um, on his next contract. Another guy is Carolina's Hassan Reddick. He's an outside linebacker. He had a 70.4 PFF grade setting the edge. And uh, he can he's a guy who can just flat out get to the quarterback. He's recorded 28 sacks since 2020, which is fourth among uh, edge rushers. Another guy who's older but could still give you a little bit of value is Buffalo's Jerry Hughes. Uh, he's 33 years old. He played all 17 games in 2021, so he's been uh, relatively durable. He has seven quarterback hits, two sacks, and he could also give the Ravens um, a little bit of veteran experience for what looks to be a young defensive line moving forward. So another guy that I see the Ravens could possibly take a chance on is Atlanta's Dante Fowler. Now, he hasn't done much in his last two years um, in Atlanta playing for the Falcons, but uh, he's just two years removed from having 11.5 sacks uh, with the Los Angeles Rams back in 2019, I believe. Um, he's a guy that I think the Ravens could possibly take a chance on. He won't cost much. And uh, just see if he can get back to his, his better playing days when he was with the Rams. Moving on, another guy that the Ravens could possibly look into, uh, this is moving into the inside linebackers portion, is Green Bay's Devondre Campbell. Uh, he might have been the best signing of last season. He signed a one-year, $2 million contract with the Packers. He finished seventh in tackles with 145, two sacks, 
two forced fumbles, two interceptions. He was a first-team All-Pro, and it's possible that he's going to make around $17 million or north of $17 million on his next contract. Next guy is Minnesota's Anthony Barr. Um, injuries have kind of held him back in the last few years. I think he's been dealing with a knee injury lately. Uh, he's still a good player, though. He's 29 years old. Uh, in 2021, he had 2.5 sacks, 72 total tackles three interceptions saying he's a guy who can bring uh, leadership to what is a young linebackers group in Baltimore. And he's likely going to get in between six to 7 million per year on his next contract. Another guy is Tennessee's Rashawn Evans. Uh, he had a really unimpressive 2021 campaign, uh, getting just 57 combined tackles, which was the lowest since his rookie year. And he was given a PFF grade of 44.5. Now, the Titans didn't pick up his fifth-year option last offseason, so uh, I think it's he's not an ideal fit personally, but I think he's a guy that, again, sticking in that, that idea that the Ravens could take a chance on some of these younger linebackers that just haven't worked out with their former teams and could just need to change the scenery. Another guy uh, who could possibly be a cap casualty is Seattle's Bobby Wagner. Um He's still valuable. He had the 15th highest grade. He's the 15th highest graded linebacker in 2021, and he's probably going to still uh, command a significant payday. He still uh, has a couple of prime years left in him before his play drops off. And I think um, if he was to get cut by Seattle, he's a guy that the Ravens would definitely look into. Another guy to take a chance on, and this is going to close out the linebackers portion, is Dallas Leighton Vanderesk. He has 77 tackles, one sack, one interception, two pass deflections uh, in 2021. And he's had multiple neck injuries that made him miss significant time in 2019 and 2020. He's a former first-round pick, and he's only 26 years old. I think the Ravens could possibly look to him to take – Again, just to take a chance at him, see if he works out, and if not, then it doesn't really cost him much in the long run. And then the last guy that I have on this list is uh, Los Angeles Chargers' Yukina Nwosu, who's a, who I believe is an outside linebacker. So those are a couple of names at the linebacker position that I think the Ravens should look into. Now we're going to move into the free agent safeties. And um, guys who could possibly depart the Ravens in 2022 are Deshaun Elliott, and Geno Stone, who are both free agents. Now, the first guy who I'm sure is very popular amongst Ravens fans is Kansas City's Tyron Matthew, who's a free safety. Now, uh, he was a guy who I was interested in three years ago uh, when the Ravens decided to sign Earl Thomas instead. Um, even though the Ravens have had Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott for the last few years, they really uh, still lack a, a true playmaking free safety because neither of those guys necessarily have the ball skills to be free safeties. They're better in the box. And it seems to be a done deal that he's going to leave Kansas City, and he's hinted at the possibility of being interested in Baltimore uh, through social media. Uh, he provides leadership, championship experience, He's turning 30 this upcoming spring, but he's been uh, pretty durable, started in 16 out of 17 games in 2022. He has 76 tackles and three interceptions. So he's a guy that I think um, is going to likely command a contract in the range of 15 to 16 million a year uh, next season. 
And I think he'd be a great fit for Baltimore. I think he definitely fits uh he definitely fits the model of, of a play like a Raven. I think he's a guy that the Ravens are definitely gonna look into and be interested in uh this upcoming free free agency. Another guy is uh the New York Jets uh Marcus May. He's going to be on an affordable contract. He's been mostly durable throughout his career since entering into the league. Uh, he's another guy that um, gives you a little bit more ball skills that, that Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott just don't necessarily possess. And, um, yeah, I think I think he's also a guy that the Ravens are going to definitely look at uh, to shore up that safety position. Another guy is New Orleans' Marcus Williams, who's a free safety he has a PFF grade of 70 or above for the last five straight seasons. He turns 26 at the start of 2022, and he's projected to make 16 to 17 million on a long-term contract in free agency. The last guy that I have on this list as far as free agent safeties are Cincinnati's is Cincinnati's Jesse Bates. Uh, he's extremely young. He's just 24 years old. Um, he could make between 14 to 17 million a year. Um, I think if I think out of all these guys on the list, they're all within the same price range. I think if the Ravens had a choice, it would be Tyron Matthew. But any of these guys would be um, extreme upgrades for for a secondary that needs a, a free uh, a playmaking safety. So now we're gonna go into a draft game plan. Now, the theme of the offseason for me has been give Lamar no excuses. Now, while many people blame Lamar for the Ravens' struggles over the past three years and not being able to get over the hump in the playoffs, I think the bigger story is how the Ravens' organization hasn't done enough to surround Lamar with everything he needs to be successful. For a large majority of his career, Lamar hasn't had the talent at wide receiver that other young quarterbacks have had. Uh, now, recently, Ravens have tried to bring in more talent with first-round picks like Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman, but it hasn't really been enough. And what was once a stout Ravens offensive line has declined drastically. If Ravens want to get further in the playoffs, I think they need to surround Lamar with even more talent. Adding an elite wide receiver and rebuilding this offensive line in a similar fashion to how the Kansas City Chiefs did last year, I think the Ravens will have given Lamar every reason to have success. Uh, as of right now, the Ravens hold the 14th pick in the draft, along with pick 45 in the second round, two third round picks, five fourth round picks, and a sixth round pick. So the Ravens have plenty of draft capital to address the needs that they have this offseason. Uh, I may or may not create a seven-round mock draft uh, sometime before the draft, but I'm going to just focus on the guys Ravens could add at pick 14. Considering that the Ravens don't address this need in free agency, the first guy I have on this list is I was Tyler Linderbaum, who's the center. Uh, Ravens could lose Bradley Bozeman in free agency. Traditionally, they haven't paid to retain in-house centers. Linderbaum is the best center prospect in this draft. He's easily a top 15 talent, but could slip because of traditional value of first round centers. Now, the big he was the Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year in 2021. Uh, he allowed just one sack, two quarterback hits, and four hurries in 908 total snaps. Uh, he has a wrestling and baseball background. 
Uh, some things that I noticed about his tape, he has great footwork and body control. He's very agile and he has good positioning. He's also um, has football IQ and has a very competitive nature. Now, uh, noticeably, uh, he's not the biggest guy. He's shorter and he's going to likely need to add uh, add on more weight at the next level. He's only 290 pounds. I believe he's six foot three. So um, he, he's definitely not the biggest center in the world. Um, a lot of people have given him a draft comparison of uh, Jason Kelsey, who was uh, Philadelphia's longtime center. So he's one guy that I think the Ravens could definitely look at to uh, fill in that hole at center if they have one come draft time. Another guy is Mississippi's Charles Cross, offensive tackle. He played mostly left tackle at Mississippi State, only had four snaps at right tackle during his time there. And uh, although the Ravens are confident with uh, Ronnie Stanley, they do have a question mark at right tackle. Jawan James hasn't played much football in the last few years. And even before the injuries, he wasn't a great tackle to begin with. Uh, Villanueva more than likely will get released. And because obviously he's just not good anymore. Um, he's just not a starting caliber tackle anymore, Villanueva. Cross in 2021 played 919 offensive snaps. He only allowed 16 pressures and two sacks. Now he has great size. He stands at six foot five, 310 pounds, and he has good athleticism. Uh, his agility is a plus. He has smooth feet. He's better as a pass protector than a run blocker, but uh, he also possesses good balance. I think uh, he could use uh, work on his pre-snap stance, and his hands are sometimes late, which he invites contact more than initiating it. And um, also, you know, like I said, he's a better pass protector than run blocker. He's definitely not a bad run blocker, but um, he'll definitely. I'm sure he'll definitely improve in that area, given if uh, he was drafted by the Ravens, who are the most run-heavy team in the NFL. Another guy who is very popular among Ravens fans is Cincinnati Sauce Gardner, cornerback. Uh, it's no doubt that the Ravens need uh, depth at cornerback with the injuries to Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. The question that I have personally is, do we need a day-one starter at cornerback or do we need depth? Now, uh, Sauce has fantastic size at cornerback. He's six foot three, two hundred pounds. He's good in man-to-man -man coverage, which is what the Ravens typically—that's really what the Ravens typically do with their cornerbacks. A lot of it is man-to-man -man coverage. And in 2021, he didn't allow more than 13 yards to an opposing wide receiver, and he also didn't allow a touchdown catch his entire college career. He has everything you want in a shutdown cornerback, and he has quick feet. He's a long strider. He brings physicality, and he has great ball skills. Now, sometimes he does have a high pad level, which doesn't always allow him to sink his hips and get out of breaks. But um, that's something that could definitely be worked on, and uh, the positives definitely outweigh any negatives that he might have. Another guy is Michigan's David Ojabo, who's an edge rusher. Uh, personally, this would be the most Ravens pick ever. Uh, Coach Harbaugh has Michigan ties. Uh, he also played for Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald at Michigan last year where he collected 11 sacks, 5 forced fumbles, and 24 solo tackles. Um, I could understand the idea uh, of pairing him alongside uh, Odafe Owe. Uh, Ojabo, uh, similar to Owe last year, is an athletic freak. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He's a speed rusher that has good motor. He has good bursts. And um, 
But like Owe, he's also going to need time to develop more pass rush moves. So he's another guy that I think the Ravens are definitely going to look at um, when it comes to pick 14. Another guy is Georgia's Jordan Davis, a national championship. He is a huge man. He eats up a lot of space in the middle of your defense. He's six foot six, three hundred and forty pounds. He's a great run stuffer. He had thirty-two tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, and fourteen pressures in two thousand twenty-one. He has a good first step, wins with his strength, and he has good bull rush moves. Now, the thing I noticed watching the SEC championship game this past season against Alabama is he doesn't have the highest motor. Uh, in certain scenarios, like such as in a hurry-up offense, you can wear him down and tire him to the point where he is less effective as a run-stuffer. Now, the Ravens may lose Brandon Williams this offseason, and in that case, the Ravens are definitely going to be in the market for a nose tackle, and I think Jordan Davis is definitely a guy that they're going to look at at pick 14. Some guys who are honorable mentions, and I didn't decide to include them in this list because... I personally think most of these guys are going to be gone by the time the Ravens start to pick at 14. Uh, the first guy is Alabama's Evan Neal offensive tackle. Uh, also, you have NC State's Iki Aquanu, who's an offensive tackle as well. LSU's Derek Stingley, who's a cornerback. Notre Dame's safety Kyle Hamilton. Um, and again, these are guys who I think will all be taken ahead of the Ravens pick at 14. Another guy um, who didn't make the list was Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning. He's a guy who I like. However, I'm not necessarily sold on him. I'd rather see the Ravens trade down and then take a guy like him. And then you also have Georgia's N'Kobe Dean. Again, a guy who I like, but maybe the Ravens can trade back a few picks later and then, dra and then draft this guy. And also in the process, acquire more draft capital. As of today, if I was picking for the Ravens, I'm going to emphasize keeping Lamar upright, and I would take uh, Charles Cross at 14. Uh, I think it's important to share up one of those holes along the offensive line and then find cornerback and edge depth later on in the draft. Now, obviously, things can change with free agency. We still have the combine coming up on Thursday, the 4th of March, uh, where the players can either rise or fall. And the draft is so unpredictable, you can't really pin who's going to be on the board at the time the Ravens pick. But at this moment, uh, I would probably select Charles Cross for the Ravens at 14 uh, and have them land uh, a franchise tackle for years to come. So we've pretty much gone through some of the biggest decisions the Ravens have to make this upcoming offseason. They need to identify who's a keeper and who's not when planning on guys to retain or let walk. They have multiple areas of need this upcoming free agency, so they'll have to use the cap space they have and will open up wisely and sign impact players that can help them make a championship run next year. And with a surplus of draft capital, they should be aggressive. Look to see what it would take to get veteran players that can help win now on the trade block. And lastly, they need to use their draft picks wisely and address real holes that are on the team. But the one thing I want them to keep in mind do whatever you can to help your young quarterback, Lamar Jackson, because he's going to be the guy that gets us over the hump and make the pieces around him better. If you do that, then you make him better.
that's about it for me. We've covered a lot today. Free agency officially starts, I believe it's March 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, when the new league year begins. Uh, until then, I'll be keeping you guys updated on all the Breaking Ravens news and topics. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the conversation, feel free to reach out to me on social media. My social media tag will be included in the description. Thank you guys as always. And uh, until next time, this is Jay signing off on the Speak Like a Raven podcast.